The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Exploring our oneness with spirit and each other. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Main Street Vegan with host Victoria Moran. Victoria is an author, inspirational speaker, and a certified holistic health counselor and vegan lifestyle coach. She's here to entertain, educate, and inspire you on your journey to look and feel amazing, eat extraordinary food, help animals, and create a physical body perfectly attuned to spiritual growth. Now, let's get this party started. Here is your host, Victoria Moran. Hello, everybody. I am going to so jump right in because there are so many great people and things to talk about today. I do first want to just send a shout out from me. I'm Victoria Moran. I'm your host, and I'm also a mom, and my daughter has a great big giant project that some of you know about, Urban Utopia Wildlife Rehabilitation. They had their launch on Saturday. It was lyrical. I can't understand how something that is a first-time event could have been so flawless, but it truly was. So they are off the ground, and just thanks, thanks, thanks to everybody who showed up, to everybody who donated, who sent well wishes, and a great big old thanks to Jay Astafa. Jay, if you'll remember from one year ago, he was a guest on the July 17th, 2013 show. If you want to look that up, it was called Midlife Athletes and Culinary Wonderkin because we also had Midlife Athlete Ellen Jesse Jones on that show. But Jay Ostafa is 19. Oh, my gosh, he might be 20 now, but he's this incredible chef, and he's too young to even cook with wine. He made this party on Saturday so classy and so elegant and so delicious. So thanks to Jay and thanks to everybody else who came through with with food and all the good stuff. We are most grateful and so are the little possums and 
bunnies and squirrels. So it is my pleasure today to welcome two amazing guests. First, I'm going to be bringing on one of my favorite women in all the world, Laura Theodore, the jazzy vegetarian. And after the first break, we will be talking with America's holistic heart doc, Dr. Joel Kahn. Laura is here right this minute. Laura, if you recall, is the author of Jazzy Vegetarian, a lively vegan cuisine made easy, and Jazzy Vegetarian Classics, vegan twists on American family favorites. She is a popular television personality. She's a radio host, a vegan chef, and an award-winning jazz singer and actor. I believe it is possible to be a Renaissance woman as well as a Renaissance man. And she is here as one of the contributors to a brand-new delicious cookbook, The China Study All-Star Collection. Hey, Laura. Hey, I love that uh, intro. I'd like to uh, remember that forever. That was fabulous, and I feel the same about you. Oh, thank you. Well, you're easy to intro because you do lots of amazing things. So tell us about the China Study All-Star Collection. Well, it is following the best-selling China Study Cookbook. And, of course, Leanne Campbell, once again, she brings together great recipes. But this time she did it with the top names in the plant-based community, and I'm happy to be considered one of those. And we're sharing our favorite and most delicious recipes, of course, in the China Study All-Star Collection. This is very exciting because we're talking delicious, beautiful food that is also really healthy. Nobody can say, oh, yeah, that was good, but you better not have too much. Exactly, exactly. You know, we've talked about it a lot on my television show and my radio show. I know you've talked with people about it. You know, there's this thing called the junk food vegan. You know, we all think we're going to get on a vegan lifestyle and we're going to immediately be healthy. But it is easy to eat junk food on a vegan uh, life path. So the plant-based goes just a step further and makes sure that we don't live on potato chips and tree bark, (laughs) and we make sure that we eat healthy food that is lower in fat. Of course, it is all vegan, but we, you know, cut out the oil using adding extra oil and really, you know, basically as Dr. T. Colin Campbell, the great Dr. T. Colin Campbell says, using the whole food intact as much as possible. So some of these recipe titles sound like something from a really healthy cookbook. So we've got kale salad, of course, and everything minestrone. But, oh, my gosh, you got some other stuff in here, too, like zucchini and summer squash muffins and peanut butter fudge truffles. What's your favorite recipe? Well, of course, my favorite recipe is my lollipops, my date nut lollipops. And that really doesn't sound all that healthy, but boy, they sure are healthy. They're really delicious. They'll please any kid at any kid's party. I've also got my peanut butter butter, uh, mousse cups in there, and they're absolutely fantastic. My spaghetti and wheat balls in the book, and I really love that one. And that's what I love about this book. That's what I love overall about plant-based cooking. It doesn't have to be boring. It can be fantastic. Uh, I really love this recipe in here by Mary McDougall, the barbecue portobello sandwiches. If you take a look at it, it looks like meat. It has the same kind of feel in the mouth as meat. And that's what this book is all about, 
making this food taste and look delicious. And, of course, it's healthy for you, and, of course, you have those healthy recipes, as you said before, but you've also got peppermint chocolate chunk ice cream. You've got Christy Morgan's Fiesta quinoa salad. You've got uh, sneaky chickpea burgers. I love those by Drina Burton. Really great stuff. Mm, That's so exciting. You mentioned Mary McDougall who was actually a, a lifesaver to me in, in the early 80s when I was a young mom, and there just weren't many cookbooks out there. But I can just remember using her recipes way back then, and she's obviously still creating. Who were some of the other chefs whose recipes are in this book? Well, of course, myself, the fabulous, happy herbivore, Lindsay Nixon, and she is so great. My dear, dear friend, uh, Chef Del Shroff, who is also on, uh, I think, six episodes of the next season of Jazzy Vegetarian on Public Television, by the way. So we're pretty, pretty excited about that. And um, as I said, Drina Burton, Heather Crosby, Christy Morgan, and so many great people. Oh, and that is quite a party. I would love to come to a party where you guys were cooking. <laughs> <laughs> Which I guess you know it, it can I'd, be. In I'd my... like to be at that party too. <laughs> yeah, but with this book, we can all have that party in our very own homes. And this is a beautiful book full of really glorious pictures. You know, sometimes I think foods, especially a new kind of food, if you're not used to cooking plant based, you're kind of shy, most people. But when you see the photographs and you see, oh, yeah. This looks like something I know I like. Then, then you really want to make the recipe. So, where do you consider these recipes on the scale of? Oh my gosh, I think I know what a can opener is compared to. Oh yes, I'm a chef. I think they're kind of in the middle ground, but I think a lot of them are really uh, for beginners. For example, Mary's recipes, as you know, are all very, very easy. Um, I just opened the book and I happened to come across my twice-baked potatoes and I forgot that they were in the book. And they were inspired by something my grandma used to make. And, of course, grandma always used to cook from scratch, but you use a can opener <laughs> with this recipe. It's just potatoes, a can of white beans, non-dairy milk, garlic powder, a little bit of onion, red pepper. I mean, that's the whole thing, but it ends up tasting so delicious and so really almost decadent. There are a lot of really short, really easy recipes in this book, like in all of my cookbooks. And I think that's what's great about this, though, because there are some recipes that are six ingredients or less, which is really fantastic. So if you're just getting interested in plant-based cooking, this is the cool thing, I think, about this book, Victoria. It's all the superstars of the plant-based world. I think we all have anywhere between 7 and 20 recipes in the book. Some people only have a couple. But you can get a taste of everybody's cooking, of everybody's style, and then go out and you, if you're inspired by my cooking or Chef Dell's cooking or any of the other great chefs in this book, go out and buy their books, and that's a great way to get started. And you're going to be able to cook for your family and friends. They're not going to look at the food and say it's weird. They're going to love it. Oh, well, and I love you and and these recipes. I've only made one so far because I haven't had the book that long. I made the oven-baked chickpea ratatouille from Drina, mm. and that yes. was really, really good and, and really easy. I like anything that sounds as if it may have passed by the Mediterranean once or twice. And I like yeah, it that even too. there's onion in there. You don't have to saute it in oil, which is one thing that I still do, but the onion was great in this without any oil. So all things are possible. 
Laura yeah, Theodore. Well, I, think the trick, it, I, I would like to say the trick with sautéing without oil, which is something that I myself really have become accustomed to and love, is making sure that you add flavor when you're sautéing that onion. If you think about it this way, you put the onion in the pan, you're going to add some oil. That's how we're all used to doing it. But that oil, what is that really doing if perhaps using it in a casserole or a sauce? By the time you get done with it, that's what's adding some flavor. So if you switch that out, start with a little vegetable broth with that onion, add a little bit of reduced sodium organic non-GMO tamari to that, add a few Italian herbs, add a little crushed red pepper, you saute it with that. You're adding your layers of flavor, you're adding your flavor, and you don't miss the oil. Sounds yummy. Thank you so much, everybody. It's the China Study All-Star Collection, whole food, plant-based recipes from your favorite vegan chefs. And we have just talked with one of them, Laura Theodore, the jazzy vegetarian. Thanks so much for stopping by. We'll be following you on TV and the radio and the bookstore and everywhere else. Thank you so much. Have a beautiful day. (laughs) Take care, and everybody stay with us. We'll be back with Dr. Joel Kahn, America's Holistic Heart Doc. like to take a moment to encourage you as part of our unity online radio family of listeners to support this ministry through a love offering for your convenience you can make one-time or recurring monthly donations go to www.unity.fm and click on donate now thank you for your support What if you could experience vibrant health, help heal the planet, and be a great friend to God's animal kingdom through simple choices you make at breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Authors Victoria and Adair Moran say you can do this easily, affordably, and deliciously in their new book, Main Street Vegan. Everything you need to know to eat healthfully and live compassionately in a real world. Loaded with practical tips, straightforward information, and fabulous recipes, Main Street Vegan will help you on your journey toward a plant-based diet. The perks include more energy, an easy way to keep your weight where you want it, feeling younger as you grow older, and maybe even a boost to your spiritual life. Purchase Main Street Vegan from BN.com. Amazon.com or your favorite bookseller. Is there a difference between the spiritual teachings you know and how you live your life? Does your day-to-day experience reflect what you truly value? Are you ready to receive your life and live the gift that you are? Join Janice Campbell licensed unity teacher author and coach each week as she shares inspiration and tools to help you identify and dissolve the limiting beliefs that prevent you from living the fullest expression of what you are talk with janice live every thursday at 9 a.m pacific 11 a.m central on receive your life only on unity online radio the voice of an awakening world Pop 
culture is defined by the Oxford Dictionary as modern popular culture transmitted via mass media and aimed particularly at younger people. But can it be meaningful, spiritual even? The hosts of Pop Conscious think it can be and that it can be fun to explore too. Malena Don and Stacy Macris Ross will be your amateur cultural anthropologists examining pop culture and spirituality every Monday at 2 p.m. Central on Pop Conscious on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. listening to Main Street Vegan with Victoria Moran. If you have questions or comments about today's topic or any other area of interest, we invite you to follow Victoria underscore Moran on Twitter or email her at MainStreetVegan at UnityOnlineRadio.org. Now, back to Main Street Vegan. Welcome back, everybody. I am so happy to be bringing on somebody that I think is so cool. You know, I don't like to spend a lot of time online because I spend so much time sitting in front of a computer writing books and doing other things. But everything that this man writes totally fascinates me. I am a great big fan. And if you're not already, I hope you will be by the end of this show. And I am talking about Dr. Joel Kahn. Dr. Kahn is a summa cum laude graduate of the University of Michigan School of Medicine. Let's just cut to the chase. He was first in his class, and it was one of those genius programs where you do college and medical school together in six years. Okay, the guy's smart. We've got that. And he is an interventional and preventive cardiologist. He's the author of the Holistic Heart Book. He lectures and blogs about plant-based nutrition and the heart. He is a columnist for Reader's Digest. He writes amazing stuff for Mind Body Green. You can find him at Dr. Joel Kahn, K-A-H-N, or at holistichart.com. Welcome, Dr. Kahn. Holy moly. Look, at I've only written one book. You've written more than that, so I'm pretty humbled by you, but thank you. Well, it's just such a pleasure to speak with you. What I really like about you, and I don't know that we've ever really talked before. I know we've emailed, but you seem to really take a holistic view of this whole thing. I love it that you use the V word on your website. You're not afraid to say vegan. So tell us, how did you become vegan? Well, it's been a it's been a long journey. I didn't grow up that way. I uh, went to college way longer than I'm willing to admit, and uh, just found it. it number, I grew up keeping kosher. I had rules that I chose to follow, and I found that uh, going to college and eating vegetarian, even in Ann Arbor, a fairly funky place, uh, was just easier. But on the weekends, uh, mom ruled, and uh, Hungarian goulash and chicken was the norm. But 1987, so I guess 27 years ago, I was heading out to a short weekend. I was already a resident in internal medicine, fairly far along in my training, and I was handed a book, A Diet for a New America by John Robbins, and I to this day have no idea who was the kind soul that said, you're probably going to enjoy this while you're out there. I read that book cover to cover with my wife uh, then and wife now the same, and she read it cover to cover, and we've just done the plant-based thing since then, the big V word, really vegan. I mean, we are uh, by choice. We don't eat dairy, egg, and any animal products, and... Um, and it's been a long time, and it was a little more challenging back then. It just seems partly it's 
is second nature by now, and the world has changed to make it, in general, an easier endeavor. And what it kind of the good fortune, and just to finish the statement, was as I went through that you know, reasonably brief period of vegetarian on to fully plant-based, medical science started coming out, and I kind of turned to about 1990 when we really started learning. In my very field, I was trained to be a cardiologist, and I started reading papers in prominent journals that, hey, you know, what I had for dinner last night just cleaned out my heart arteries, and I just got very fired up about it. And as you said, the word integrate decided, you know, I've got a stent and I've got a fork and I've got, you know, um, books and things I can, uh, I got a whole bunch of tools in my toolbox to treat patients with and educate patients and just have kept going with it. That's exciting. And you're one of many that Diet for a New America influenced. I remember when that book came along and it was like those of us who were already doing this, we were just kind of plodding along. And then here came Diet for a New America. And it was just like a tidal wave that lifted us up and and took uh, veganism into the next phase. So why do you teach this to your patients? Well, so again, I, I come from a perspective that uh, I'm a cardiologist. I'm literally, as you know, uh, Victoria just walked out of my last patient exam room about 30 seconds ago, spent a whole day seeing a whole lot of people. Um, and, you know, my goal is to treat them to the best of my ability. And it just seems like the general cardiology approach is to use all the high tech. And I'm very proud. I've seen from... 1980, well, 1977 when I kind of began medical school, but 1986 I started cardiology training. Unbelievable advances. I'm proud of stents. I'm proud of angioplasty. I rush in the middle of the night and take care of heart attacks. I mean, these things are amazing, and some of the medications, I don't toss these things out, but that's usually where the advice stops, and the root cause, the lifestyle, the stress, the diet, the sleep, um, isn't brought up with people, and as I've delved into the literature and spoke to experts around the world, I realized that even keeping up a very brisk practice of seeing people relatively short time slots as uh, current insurance models kind of dictate, um, I still could get a lot across and I can use resources. So, you know, of all the fields where food is medicine is a, uh, is a goal and a reality, probably cardiologists and uh, heart disease and prostate cancer are probably the two most evidence-based, so I feel obligated. I mean, I just saw a patient today. He's had stents for years. I'm the first cardiologist ever mentioned to him that what he's eating might influence the next 10 years of his outcome and gave him resources. I mean, it makes practice more meaningful. It makes practice more fun, and it's the right thing to do. And, um, you know, if I can figure out how to uh, spread that to more cardiologists, and partly it's just going to have to be to get simple tools so nobody has time to spend an hour per patient with in-depth education, so I refer people out and I know resources. But uh, it's And I've seen people just flourish when they start to make some changes and they get educated and they feel empowered that, you know, they leave me and aren't going to see me for six months, but now they have things they can do every day that are for their health and wellness. And, uh, you know, they come back bouncing that uh-huh. they're, they're on a good path. Wow. Oh, I, I love the idea of people bouncing in to see their cardiologist. If you have a question for Dr. Khan, you can call us at 888-558-6489. So let's play act a little bit. Let's say somebody walks into your office with classic coronary disease. What sorts of diet and lifestyle instructions do you give this person? Yeah, so I mean, 
after I got to go through the basics. I mean, I always am going to, you know, you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. So we're always going to review smoking, blood pressure, stress, medications. If they need testing, they're going to get their testing. But when I sit down with them and talk about lifestyle, which begins at the first visit, I'm trying to use tools that are efficient and that allow me to educate but not necessarily have to sit with each and every one, kind of duplicate myself. So I've dumped a whole bunch of stuff on my own personal website uh, that you mentioned, drjoelkahn.com and drsdr, and, and they can read. They can read for days and all the stuff that's on there and some videos, and I've been given permission by friends at the Daniel Plan Saddleback Church materials and videos and permission from <clears throat> Dr. Neil Barnard and PCRM.org to, you know, lift some of their fine material and put it on my website. So I encourage them to do that. But I want them to understand that there are several scientific studies done by Dr. Dean Ornish, by Dr. Caldwell Esselstyn, years ago by Dr. Nathan Pritikin. That show, um, you might call it an extreme diet, but I mean, it's a plant-based, no added oil diet. It's going to take some skills to learn how to do that in the, sh in the shopping market, in the restaurants, and at home. But uh, if they'll study the science and understand um, the power of it, that um, they have an opportunity to stop their heart disease from progressing, to cause it to start to reverse, to drop their chance of being in the hospital for emergency kind of cardiac situations by 70, 80, 90%. Um, and it's all a matter of getting educated and, uh, and such. And if along the way they need an emergency room visit or a stent, I'm there for them. But, um, and we just come back to that every visit. Um, in fact, it's funny you mentioned it because just today, this morning, I had about half an hour before I started patients in the office, and I wrote a blog, will be on Mind Body Green next week, kind of resources that I use with patients, um, websites, videos, books, to guide them through this path of becoming educated. I, I never yell at them. I mean, I have patients that will eat fish and patients that will grill chicken and patients that do, um, you know, kind of an Ornish diet 70% of the way. And I have a lot that do it 100% of the way. I mean, I, I, I'm very non-judgmental with them because, um, you know, it takes a real commitment. But nonetheless, I just want them to know and come back to it over and over that um, this may be more powerful. I, I say all the time, your fork is more powerful than a stent. In determining, you know, the next 10 years of your fate. And most of them get it, and they do make some really nice changes. Now, you have a different take on supplements than some of your colleagues that, that you mentioned. So tell us about some of the supplements that you think are a good idea for heart patients and maybe for other people too. Sure. And um, I came to that kind of practice style because I did have the good fortune about two and a half, three years ago, to spend a year back in university. Um, it's the only integrative cardiology program at a university in, in the world that I know of at University of South Florida in Tampa. I uh, got to train with some really forward-thinking physicians around the country, uh, some of it online, most of it classroom lectures over the course of a year for, you know, 100 hours. And um, I had to dive into the supplement literature and, you know, what's hocus-pocus and what's real and um, so for heart patients, um, I do not sell vitamins in my office. I don't feel badly about doctors that do because I think sometimes they are pre-selecting higher quality brands because it's pretty darn confusing when you walk in the vitamin shop and you just want vitamin C and there's 50 choices. You don't know which to buy. So again, I don't knock doctors that do carry vitamin brands and sell directly to patients. But 
I do prescribe uh, quite a number of them. In the heart world, there are just a number of supplements that clearly augment the way the heart works to better performance. Coenzyme Q10 for sure is one of those. Um, L-carnitine um, is another amino acid that uh, is easily purchased and helps. A lot of antioxidants, things like N-acetylcysteine and um, alpha-lipoic acid. Most of these, they're in the diet, but nowhere near the concentration you might get from an inexpensive uh, vitamin supplement. Uh, clearly, uh, many research articles show uh, you take alpha-lipoic acid. It's an antioxidant. In diabetic patients with neuropathy, it works as well in reversing their pain and neuropathic problems as prescription drugs that are given out all the time. Well, why not use the natural approach uh, when you get an opportunity? But it, it just improves artery function too. So coenzyme Q10, some antioxidants. I check and replace vitamin D regularly. I routinely check hormones, thyroid, uh, female and male sexual hormones, but I personally will refer out abnormalities to some of the endocrine and integrative endocrine experts around town until you get your hormones balanced. I know I sound a little bit like Suzanne Summers, but I think she's right. It's kind of hard to get the whole picture of energy and uh, vitality uh, if you're severely postmenopausal or uh, androgen deficient and uh, it's not being looked at and addressed. For the general public, I mean, I like vitamin D to be supplemented. I think there's more and more data that a daily probiotic maybe a prebiotic, but all this research going on in our microbiome, our intestinal flora is key. Study this week shows if you take a probiotic daily, you can help lower your blood pressure. These connections between your GI tract and your brain and anxiety and autism, GI tract and cardiovascular health, uh, GI tract and thyroid health. So these connections and probiotics are kind of one of those foundations. Um, I do think a good multivitamin is a good foundation. Magnesium is a wonder supplement. Magnesium, if you've got migraines, blood pressure, palpitations, if you're constipated. We used to get tons of magnesium in our diet, uh, and those of us that eat lots of plants are getting more magnesium than people that are having only a serving it to uh, vegetables and fruits a day. But on average, there's still less magnesium in our produce than there was 50 to 100 years ago because the soil's depleted. That's one of the advantages of organic produce. Clearly, recent studies show organic produce not only is free of pesticides compared to regular produce, but it's much richer in minerals like magnesium. So that's another route there. But I, uh, I, I, I have so many examples of people who have flourished with particularly heart-specific supplements uh, and uh, things like raising heartbeats, congestive heart failure, angina, chest pain has, you know, all the standard things are being done, but when I add the vitamins in, I can just see them respond so well. Oh, that's great. And on the L-carnitine, I, I know people are listening saying, carn, carn, that's like chili con carne, but you well, can get a vegetarian supplement of that. Well, it's an amino acid, so you're right. It's, if you wanted to get it from natural food sources, you'd be looking in the animal world and the meat world. And there, um, I wrote a blog about supplements that a vegan might consider taking, and everybody would point to most vegans should consider taking B12. In fact, most adults over age 50 are now recommended, whatever their dietary pattern, to take B12 um, because we absorb and make, well, we don't make any. We absorb less the older we get. Um, but in addition to B12, carnitine, there's very rare reports but concerning reports about carnitine deficiency in strict vegans because it is mainly a meat-based 
um, amino acid. There's another one called taurine, most common amino acid in our bodies, building blocks of muscles. And there's very rare reports of uh, vegan deficiencies of taurine, T-A-U-R-I-N-E. So I've written about that. Uh, I think it's a little murky. We don't know for sure, but the downside seems to be basically non-existent uh, for those couple of uh, inexpensive supplements. Now, you wrote a fascinating piece a while back about tips for not aging as rapidly as a lot of Americans do. You talked about lengthening telomeres and other miraculous things. Can you tell us some about that? Yes. Um, you know, another area where you can be excited, but you have to be a bit careful because everybody's got something to sell that's the, you know, the fountain of youth, and most of them go by the wayside. Um, there's a lot of interest right now in anti-aging from like sincere science. Craig Ventner, one of the uh, scientists who cracked the human genome uh, with his own company racing against the NIH 10 years ago, he just announced about six weeks ago they're dumping hundreds of millions of dollars. We're going to be able to get into cells and change some of the chemistry that leads to cellular aging. And we know quite a bit about it now. And one of the leading theories is of our chromosomes in every cell in our body Every time our cells divide, I think it's you get totally new blood about every seven weeks and totally new bones about every seven years, and things are dividing all the time, but every time a cell does that, your chromosome gets a little bit shorter and a little bit shorter, and it's that tip of the chromosome that's called a telomere, and there's a very strong theory that that can only happen so many times, and then the cell begins to die. And so if you could find a way to stop your chromosome from shortening and find a way to maybe actually lengthen your chromosome by an enzyme that adds length to your telomere called telomerase, you will anti-age. And there is both animal data and quite a bit of human data, and the Nobel Prize in 2009 was all about this in medicine, Dr. Blackburn and others in California. So, you know, the most fascinating data is that there are a number, maybe a dozen that I know of, of ways that have been shown to stop this process and start to reverse it and uh, cause this enzyme called telomerase to turn on and, and theoretically make you younger with time. But a lot of them are lifestyle. And Dr. Dean Ornish, who showed us clearly in 1990 that you can reverse heart disease with plant-based, no-added oil diets, took the same diet in a different group of people and showed that it, that diet turns on telomerase and make sure telomeres longer. Two groups of men, one ate Dr. Ornish type food, one ate American diet. Five years later, the group that followed the plant-based kind of anti-aging diet actually demonstrated uh, in Nobel Prize winning laboratories that their genes were looking younger. So exciting stuff, but so does exercise, so does sleep, vitamin D supplementation. Meditation causes your um, genes to uh, react in an anti-aging, telomere-lengthening way. So uh, fascinating to bring, you know, a number of these mind-body uh, diet practices together. And you got a good chance hanging around for a while. Wow, it's exciting. I want to hang yeah. around a really long time to learn more of this cool stuff and try it all out. So everybody stay with us through these announcements, and we will be back with more good stuff from Dr. Joel Kahn, D-R-Joel-K-H-A-N.com, and uh, call with your questions, 888-558-6489. We'll be back.
Chris Michaels, host of The Prosperous Life on Unity Online Radio, is an author, life coach, national speaker, and the founder and spiritual director of the Center for Spiritual Living in Kansas City, Missouri. Through his writing, coaching, and speaking, Chris has helped thousands of people understand the basic spiritual principles that govern our lives. In his book, Your Soul's Assignment, he reminds us that we each have something to do here on earth, a unique purpose to our lives. If you're interested in discerning what is yours to do, are looking for practical spiritual principles to inspire your life, or coaching to provide you with the tools to live more fully, visit Chris's website at www.chrismichaels.net. That's www.chrismichaels.net. Does the idea of being a vegetarian or a vegan intrigue you? Is it something you've pondered? Listen each week as Victoria Moran, author of Main Street Vegan, shows you how to make the shift to a sustainable lifestyle for both you and the planet. Each week you'll learn about the latest on the vegan life. It's not just for celebrities and moguls, but for people just like you who want to look and feel amazing, eat extraordinary food, help animals, and create a physical body perfectly attuned to spiritual growth. Guests will range from unity ministers to vegan authors, activists, physicians, chefs, and even some of those glittery celebs. There'll be recipes, ideas, tips for going vegan at your own pace, and ways to make a difference for animals and the planet at every meal. Tune in Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Central Time for Main Street Vegan, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in for Main Street Vegan. Here is your host, Victoria Moran. Welcome back, celebrities, moguls, and the rest of us. I don't usually hear the uh, stuff that goes on in between, but I heard that and it talked about celebrities, moguls, and everybody else. Yes, this is an equal opportunity, great way to live. Dr. Joel Kahn, professor of medicine at Wayne State University Medical School, director of cardiac wellness, Michigan Healthcare Professionals PC, and an all-around great guy, our guest this afternoon, Dr. Khan, it's not just food. What about community and love and people for somebody that has heart disease? Yeah, actually, for heart disease, and I'll uh, extend that out you know, for the rest of us, uh, um, being involved in a community is proving to be one of the most important components of an overall healthy wellness plan. You mentioned you want to live to a good long life. Uh, you know, we can look to something, maybe your listeners know about the blue zones, places around the world where on average there's more people 100 years and older than anywhere else. And we only got one in the United States, Loma Linda, California, and Okinawa, and Costa Rica. But one of the characteristics of these communities is, one, the respect for the elderly, the central role of the elderly, and and the role of tight family connections and community connections and family gatherings and kind of the old world uh, which we've lost so much now, people scattered all over the country. But you can reproduce it um, with a community that maybe isn't your blood-borne family necessarily. And, and what I'm talking about is the, the really critical work by Dr. Dean Ornish back in the 80s and 90s that you can reverse heart disease. 
the work by Dr. Caldwell Esselstyn in Cleveland at the Cleveland Clinic, also starting in the 1980s that showed with vegan diets, no added oil, you can reverse heart disease. An important component of both of those just groundbreaking programs uh, that have never been shown with any other diet in the world ever. Vegans rule for heart disease reversal. Nobody can take that from us. No, I, I, I love my paleo friends and my Mediterranean friends and my uh, any other friends, but you got to do what they do if you want to reverse heart disease. You only get one choice. But both those programs had social support built in. Regular meetings of the 30 or 40 patients. Regular meetings with the uh, group leaders. And then to bring it up to date from the 80s and the 90s now, there's just two examples I'll mention briefly. Um, the church in Southern California led by Pastor Rick Warren, Saddleback Church, about 30,000 members, um, eighth eight largest church in America, um, got on the health kick three years ago, called it the Daniel Plan. There were so many overweight members and ice cream socials and donut uh, Sundays. And with the help of Dr. Daniel Amen, Mark Hyman, Mehmet Oz, and I'm very honored to say I'm also on their wellness board. They've been out there for some of the health meetings. I mean, they changed their culture to where it was okay to have an apple at uh, a social gathering, and they kind of built social groups and Bible study groups into health groups. It, they found so much that having friends that are embarking down the same road as yourself uh, is the key to success. It's easy to start a program. Um, there's a statement, if you want to walk fast, walk alone. If you want to walk far, walk with somebody else. And walking with somebody else to sustain a lifestyle uh, for a long time is really important. And then in my own practice, just recently, we kicked off a free, open patient support group for Detroiters that were looking to follow Dr. Ornish, Dr. Esselstyn, Heart Disease Reversal Program. Thought we'd kick off with about 20 people in the community. And we're drawing over 100, 150 people regularly to a school auditorium with lectures and dietitians and cooking demos. We're filling restaurants with 50, 60 people. And I'm just watching these connections develop, friendships and support. You know, uh, people telling stories when I go to Christmas with my family and tell them I'm not having the Boston cream pie because I had my bypass and I'm really working hard. And the other one, you know, laughs about the brother-in-law who makes fun that they don't have hot dogs on July 4th because... They made a decision, and, you know, it's a balance. Everybody could bear off a program once in a while. I mean, if you're a vegan and you're dedicated to vegan, I'm not suggesting anybody have a steak. I'm talking about the heart reversal patients. But but having this group to support them uh, has just been really empowering and powerful for so many. So, uh, and, and in all of our lives, we can look for that, whether it's a vegetarian society, whether it's friends, whether it's... Um, eating clubs that many uh, communities have around town that, uh, you know, circle around the vegetarian community. I'm going to be in um, New York City, I think it's August 9th, speaking at SEED, you know, a festival of vegan and vegetarian lifestyle and food choices. Uh, you know, these are places that people can hang out and get energized that what they're doing is um, both uh, normative, popular, and great results, you know, for that example. Is- that's great because I'm going to be speaking at the seed on August 9th too. Yay! So, uh, yeah, we're doing a Main Street Vegan Academy that week. If you have any free time in town, uh, we should talk. But now I want to ask you a controversial question. As much as I just love the idea of loving everybody and we're all helping, you mentioned as, as part of the advisory board at Saddleback Church, Dr. Dar- Mark Hyman, whom I've met, nice guy, good looking guy, does not like plant-based eating 
as a general rule for a whole lot of people. So how, how do the discussions with you and, and Dr. Hyman or someone of his philosophy, how, how do they take place and what do you guys say to one another? Yeah, and um, I'm I'm very proud to call him a friend. If you're listening, Mark, hi. I hope you're having a, a good day, and I mean that sincerely. Um, uh, Mark, in his public lectures, and that includes just about six weeks ago, we were together at a pretty prominent uh, medical gathering in Arizona. I mean, Mark and I have the identical diet, except what he puts on top of his salad. You know, he may choose to put a piece of uh, grilled, grilled hormone-free, antibiotic-free uh, chicken, or salmon, or halibut, and I wouldn't. But I'm telling you, his diet is a colorful, organic, plant-based diet with uh, a choice to put some animal protein in it uh, based on observations that he has had in his practice that people respond to that. Um, And I choose not to, and the differences are smaller than the similarities, and I really do mean that. Um, He does, you know, promote a largely gluten-free and certainly a added sugar junk free diet and I'm all for eliminating added sugar and junk free I'm not uh, convinced that everybody needs to follow a gluten free diet and whole grains are still very healing and very helpful in general and very healing and very helpful for heart patients you know but when you get to science and it's not that he's by any means not a scientist he's very much so but when you get to science you get back to in my field heart disease there's only one proven path in the food world that um, has shown to reverse heart disease. I'm sure there's other eating styles that are also acceptable for patients, but when we get real about it, we're not going to be slobbering coconut oil all over ourselves, maybe on our skin, but not in our diet. We're going to be watching the content of added fats. We're going to be watching saturated fats. And uh, we're going to be, you know, in my opinion, eliminating all animal products. And that's both for health, but it's for the world, it's for the animals, it's for... uh, the good uh, causes that go outside of just diet alone when you embrace a vegan lifestyle. And, you know, we can sit on the same panel and get along, but uh, very honestly, I know that we're right. <laughs> and, um, you know, I'm not happy to read that uh, perhaps Bill Clinton's adding in a little bit more animal protein under uh, the advice of uh, Doc Hyman and others. I, I, I think he'd do better to stay uh, on the path of Dr. Esselstyn where he kind of got energized about all this about four years ago. But I don't know the details of what actually is going on. I called I called President Clinton the VOTUS, the vegan of the United States, and I hope he still is. Uh, yeah, I uh, hope so too. I, I <laughs> talked with, I mean, of course this was before, but I did speak with somebody in his office who was saying, oh yeah, there's somebody who's actually an employee who just makes sure that when he travels and goes to banquets and things, that his plant-based food is just the way he wants it. Uh, so hopefully that's still the way it is. Now, during the break, we did have uh, a question about eyesight. Is there anything we can do with food or supplements to help our vision? Well, you know, sure. There's. I don't think you can come up with many medical conditions. You couldn't uh, either find actual science or at least theory why. You know, you know lutein and zeaxanthin and some of the other, um, uh, I think they're flavonoids, but these are, you know, food-based um, uh, phytonutrients that are very good for vision. They're going to be found in the colorful rainbow diets of blueberries and strawberries and cranberries and currants and um, some of the green leafies. And, you know, a diet rich in all of those is going to augment vision. 
Um, there is some really interesting data. Um, You've you got to get really funky about this, but for about 40 years at Duke, there was a program called the Rice Diet. It was the most popular health program in America for about 40 years. Elvis Presley went there and others, and it was run by a steam physician. The reason I bring that up, it was a crazy diet. It was 80 to 90% carbohydrate diet, including rice and sugar. Try and design a diet now that you sell to America that's white rice and sugar, and it was almost no animal um, fat protein I added in. And there are many documented cases in the medical literature of diabetic eye disease and other eye diseases reversing by eliminating animal products and animal fat from the diet, even when it would contain a lot of what we might now call, my God, the terrible whites were in that diet, and people still did better. Um, you know, it's an interesting anecdote, but I, I would think that limiting uh, and eliminating animal protein, animal fat, which is just don't eat animal products, and bumping up all the brightly colored products, including sweet potatoes, including brown rice, a broad, varied diet would be excellent for vision. Wonderful. Now, I love what you write in Mind Body Green. I just, you're a great writer as, as well as obviously a terrific doctor. And one that I really had fun reading not long ago was Seven Scary Ways Meat is Messing Up Your Body. Now, people can go to Mind Body Green to see all seven, but tell us some of the scariest. Well, yeah, and um, I, I got to give credit. You know, I learn a lot from other people. So I've learned a lot from Dr. John McDougall and a wonderful site that he has, of course. And uh, I had the pleasure just last weekend of meeting him for the first time in person. I've learned a ton from Michael Grieger and his tremendous site, nutritionfacts.org. And I've had a chance to meet with him many times in person. But um, so, you know, the concept that whole grains are inflammatory and meat is healing, which is kind of the current insane kind of paleo uh, uh, thing that's going on. The science is the opposite, and the science is that whole grains are anti-inflammatory. So one of the scary things is there is quite a bit of science that meat is inflammatory, the, that your um, high-sensitivity C-reactive protein, HSCRP, kind of a blood test you'd like to have very low and normal, but it goes up. Inflammation goes up with regular meat consumption. That's a scary chemical that results in meat eating. There's um, a theory back to anti-aging that an amino acid called methionine um, promotes cancer growth, cancer spread, and ages lab animals and seems to age human animals. So there is a concept of restricting methionine, which you can do by fasting intermittently, or you can do by just eliminating or decreasing animal products and result in anti-aging. Fascinating concept that people don't normally think of a big steak as a big load of methionine. There's another amino acid called leucine. L-E-U-C-I-N-E, that's largely only in meat and animal products, not in plant-based products. Leucine goes for a number of very sophisticated tests, but seems to cause your blood sugar to increase. And a lot of databases now say that red meat consumption leads to diabetes. It's not my theory. It's many studies out of Harvard and other places. Leucine may be the common component. And when you eat animal-based foods, it's rich in it. Plant-based foods aren't. That's another chemical. And then there's this one last one I'll just say is POPs. People should know what POPs are, persistent organic pollutants. But PCBs, dioxin, DDT, are just unfortunately in our water and our ground, and um, they're concentrated in animal fat. Their uh, fish are the highest source. Uh, red meat from animals and chicken, uh, white meat have uh, high concentrations, almost none in plant-based products. 
and more and more diseases are being associated. When we eat a cow that is a fat source rich in PCB, we get PCB in us and it's stored in our fat. And the association between these persistent organic pollutants and cancer, dementia, heart disease, obesity, they're growing in the medical literature, hundreds of articles uh, on the topic. But when's the last time you heard anybody talk on a talk show about POPs? But it's out there and it's fascinating and the best thing you can do is limit or eliminate all animal products from your diet. Mm-hmm. And how about addictive foods? You just wrote about those. What are they and which <laughs> ones should we really stay away from? Okay, so this is the scary news. I actually didn't put this in my article. There's a little data that spinach can activate opiate receptors in the brain and be slightly addictive. But I don't think anybody going to get in too much trouble. That's not entirely true. You can, If you only ate spinach, kidney stones are an issue. So vary your greens around. But if you really look at the chemistry of food, there are certain foods that tend to act cocaine-like in the brain. Opiate receptors in the brain make us feel good temporarily. And they're found in cheese. They're, they're actually the hemoglobin in blood that's often found in red meat. Um, they're dairy and the protein called casein uh, have been shown. Of course, sugar um, in animal models is rather addictive. Uh, processed white sugar, uh, all of us agree, whatever your dietary perspective to limit that in our modern society. But it is really, you know, what's the last food a vegan gives up uh, and struggles with? It's usually cheese. And it may be in part a chemical called casomorphin. Um, there may also be in wheat. Um, some people, you know, you're at the bread basket and you're having trouble stopping. Uh, these are not to scare people and say never eat a piece of bread because I don't believe that at all. But if you're struggling with it and you're wondering why can't I cut back on cheese, I want to be a vegan and I haven't been able to, recognizing that there's a real scientific body on this topic and, you know, kind of approaching it with a 12-step pattern or a slowly weaning your off pattern yourself off might uh, help you get through that roadblock. Mm, this is so fascinating because you have all the scientific and academic backing for it. And for myself, as a compulsive overeater with 30 years recovery, you just described what my diet used to be, cheese, red meat, sugar, and wheat. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, your brain was your brain was feeling good. Oh yeah, that was the cheeseburger and and milkshake diet that is um, indigenous to the United States at this time. But getting better, getting so much better because of wonderful people like you, Dr. Joel Kahn, drjoelkahn dot com. You can find him on Reader's Digest. You can find him on Mind Body Green. You can look for his terrific book. If you're in New York City, see him at the Seed coming up on August ninth. Thank you so much, Dr. Khan. All the best to you. Well, thank you. It's been a complete pleasure, and um, I look forward to seeing you uh, in New York. We'll figure out uh, how to get together and have some fun uh, teaching the world. You're doing a great job. I mean, truly, I'm truly honored and proud to uh, be on your show and be invited. And uh, I've read your book, and I suggest to everybody that they get in such a good practical book, and I love every recipe at the end of every chapter. Oh, that's so kind. Thank you so very much. And everybody listening, if you happen to be out there in the Seattle area, that's where I'm going to be this Friday evening at Unity of Linwood, Unity of Linwood, Washington. And you can just go to uh, unityinlinwood.org and uh, find out about my talk there on Friday night. Would love to see you. Also, next week, we're working on a really special guest. All our guests are special. But we have our appetizer segment already 
booked. We're going to bring on, this is so interesting, a restaurant owner. This is the owner of Gust Organics here in New York City, a lovely, organic, but omnivorous restaurant. She wants to take it all the way vegan, but they have a big paleo following. So the only way they're going to get vegan is if everybody goes to eat there on Monday nights, which are vegan already. So really interesting and might give you some ideas for veganizing some restaurant wherever you are. In the meantime, have a lovely week. God bless you and eat those veggies. Thank you for listening to Main Street Vegan. Join us every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Time as Victoria Moran entertains, educates, and inspires you on your vegan journey. This program is sponsored by Main Street Vegan. To learn more about Victoria or to explore training with Main Street Vegan Academy as a vegan lifestyle coach, go to www.mainstreetvegan.net. That's www.mainstreetvegan.net. You've seen reality TV. Well, now get ready for reality radio. It's raw, unpredictable, and completely unscripted. Healing Your Life with Dr. Chris Michaels follows the lives of four people each season as they face their fears and overcome challenges. Listen in weekly and follow along as they take each faithful step on their journey. Learn what it takes to really heal your life. Dr. Chris Michaels shows you how to expect specific and measurable results from prayer. He says, we must place a demand upon consciousness. We don't hope to get what we pray for. We expect it. As a 25-year veteran in the New Thought Movement, Dr. Chris has helped thousands of people find their way to success and healing. His faith is unshakable, and his commitment to helping others heal through the power of prayer is extraordinary. Don't miss Reality Radio, Healing Your Life with Dr. Chris Michaels. Live Mondays at 11 a.m. Central Time on Unity Online Radio. According to an ancient Hindu teaching, if you can only speak the truth and tell no lies for 12 consecutive years, you can attain enlightenment. Resolve to be honest with yourself and others starting today. And after 4,383 days, you just may become enlightened. This meditative moment from Reverend Joan Gattuso and Unity Magazine is brought to you by Unity. Is the world we live in making you ill? Fast food, junk food, feeling overwhelmed, not enough time? People are stressed, anxious, overweight, depressed, and have numerous health issues that are being treated with pills. There really is a way to get back to good health without the use of medication, and it's not rocket science or hard work. Primary brain repair is a simple, natural method developed by Dr. Suka that can give you relief from your symptoms and help prevent long-term health problems. You can have more energy and a release from pain and suffering, along with a new joyful sense of self, increasing your physical, emotional, and spiritual health. It's called Wellness Simplified. Join Dr. Suka on Fridays at 3 p.m. Central Time and learn more about her healing method. Hi. 
Hey, I'm Liz Winter and I have been a medium and a spiritual development teacher for over 30 years. On my podcast, All Aboard the Mediumship, I want to share the message with you that there is a wealth of love and comfort available to you from the spirit world. On my podcast, you can experience this comfort and peace for yourself through gentle guided meditations and helpful messages. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you never miss an episode. Part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network.